That's the honor of teaching, that we're planning, that we're planning so that others can harvest, so others can eat, others can benefit. That, that's the power of, of, of what we do. And that's why you gotta be a hype you know we can't be a, a tiny spark for kids uh, you gotta yeah, light yeah. it up what's up everybody and welcome to another episode of the hype to teach podcast it's the podcast that goes beyond the classroom beyond the lesson plans and focuses on the teacher or the administrator as a person i'm your host joel nieto and joining me today is a very very special guest He's been called the Barack Obama of administrative leadership. He's the author of several books from The Immortality of Influence to uh, an upcoming book called Retention for a Change, How to Motivate, Inspire, and Energize Your School Culture. He's the recipient of the Marcus A. Foster Award for Outstanding School uh, District Administrator, the Martin Luther King Award from the University of Pennsylvania, He's been a regular on the Dr. Oz show, CNN, C-SPAN, uh, the Oprah Network, NPR, but today is his crowning achievement as an honored guest on the Hyper Teach podcast. He is known to many as Principal L, but he is the one, he is the only, he is the incomparable Salome Thomas L. Principal L, how are you today? I'm good, bro. I'm good, man. I'm happy <laughs> to be here. And you are right. I'm hyped. I, I am, I am hyped. I, it, and you know what? That's the vibe I got from you, man. Uh, to, to let people know how uh, you and I got connected, uh, my principal, Tasha uh, Ladarjean from Navarro Middle School, had you as a guest speaker for the kids in the morning. And two minutes in, I was like, you know what? Me and this guy, uh, there's something about him, man, that I like. I just liked your energy. I liked the, your attitude. And I thought, you know what? what who better to have on the Hype to Teach podcast than Principal L? But listen, I'm happy to be here, and we and we need our teachers to be hyped. As you know, some of these children we work with can give an aspirin a headache. So you, better be, you better be hyper like a viper. <laughs> you help some of these young people. But you know what? Parents don't get good kids home, man. They send us who they have, and send us to us to help help them reach their their hopes and dreams. And I see you got hope back there. That's one of my words for you know for this year behind you. Hope and then love. So that's 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 the two keys to life and. Definitely for any of you aspiring educators or administrators out there, you better have some hope and some hope and sight and love in, in, in your heart and you're ready for the fight. See, I love the round too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a, yeah, I know you're an avid rap battler. So, yeah, yeah I see a couple, of, a couple of students from the school challenge me to a battle. <laughs> hey, Principal L, man, you don't want to mess with these kids. They're, they're real. I know they are. I know. <laughs> I bet. I better stick to wrapping Christmas gifts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I sent you an email. I said, uh, "I was like, hey, be prepared for a rap battle. Send." And as soon as I hit send, I was like, "What am I doing? I don't know how to rap battle." Like, and I heard you. You do have some bars, man. Yeah, I, I try a little bit. I'm an old school rap fan. I'm not. Like, I, I don't listen to this thirty five cent and Snoop Cat and all these guys. <laughs> <laughs> When you came to my school and I, and I saw you there and, and like I, I read all your accolades, you know, uh, Oprah Winfrey Network, C-SPAN, CNN, doc, regular appearances on Dr. Oz, several books. I mean, I, I, I joked around calling uh, calling you the Barack Obama of uh, administrative leadership. But, man, yeah, I've never heard, I've never heard that. That's you never heard book. that one? That's a high to teach exclusive, man. Put on your put on the back of your new book. 
Yes, sir. I'm going to do that. Put your <laughs> name right there. <laughs> so, okay. So what I want to get to is, okay, how do you go from, you know, from who you, I mean, this is, the, we're, we're right now today, you're, you're Principal L, you know, but you're, you're, you're Salome Thomas L. So how, what's the origin story and how did you get here from where you started teaching back in 1987, I believe? Yes, sir. 1987. I, um, so I was raised, born and raised in, in North Philadelphia, in the city, housing projects, public housing, raised mm-hmm. by a single mom. My mother's from the South, moved up North, raised six boys, two girls, and, um, and by herself. And I was the next to the youngest kid. And, you know, we struggled. And um, my older brothers and um, sisters didn't graduate from college. And my mother walked in. My third grade teacher was a young white female, not from our community, but there every day saving Private Ryan, doing her best. And my mother said, I, you know, I need some help. She had that teachable spirit. My mother passed away in 2002, but she was I'm such a great leader and role model for me, a mentor. And um, she advocated for me. And she, she asked those teachers to help me. And my third grade teacher worked with my fourth grade teacher was an older African-American female who had been in our school about 30, 40 years. We thought she came with the building. Um, she had about <laughs> 10 after school programs, man. And not one had a title. They were all called Get In Here. <laughs> you know, but um, but those two ladies helped me get into a middle magnet school for gifted kids. I went on to high school, started playing high school ball, thought I could skip college and go right to the NBA. And I had some great teachers in high school and counselors who said, listen, son, you're not going to the NBA. They said, you can't jump over a credit card. So um, <laughs> you're not going. But you're smart enough to get an MBA. Why don't oh. you go away to college and come back and help the same community that supported you? And I'm I came back and started substitute teaching in the same school where I graduated. I was working in sports TV part time. My high school teacher helped me get that job. Wow. And um, so every week I was working for Armour Sports Channel. Every week, every month, we spend the day with Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Julius Irvin. One day with Charles Barkley was very interesting, I'll tell you. But we <laughs> produced a, a, a feature on these guys with aired halftime of NBA games. Yeah. I went to speak to these kids in the high school and the kids said, listen, if you can come in and motivate us, how come you aren't a teacher? You know, and I, you know, I thought these kids had taught me that I'd become the same person I complained about, someone who the community supported and nurtured. I made it out and didn't and didn't give back. So I quit my TV job, got a master's degree. A couple of years later, went right back to the same high school and started teaching Joe and 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 um I thought the young people would run up to me and say, welcome back, Mr. L. Yeah. They said, they said, you know, you a fool to leave that TV job. I wanted you to hook me up with a job when I graduated. But um, it was okay, the hold best school I ever made. I, I, I got it. I got it. I know best choice I ever made, too. So you you just fast forwarded through a ton of history in the I span did. of a few seconds. So, you, you, okay, you said, uh, you, you know, you struggled in school, but you had people who poured into you. And yes, then... Sir you jumped into substitute teaching. Now, how does one make that? Cause if I ask my kids, you know, uh, that I work with, Hey, you know, what are you gonna do after college? You know, like you said, MBA rap, uh, you know, mechanic, they have all, but teacher is the last thing on their mind, much less a yes. substitute teacher, which is, you know, in, in kids' minds, bottom of the food chain, you know what I'm saying? So, right. That's like going to Afghanistan <laughs> with no weapon, you know what I mean? Or to the middle uh, East, to, to the war. That's like going to war, you know? Yeah, no yeah. disrespect to the Middle East, but just going to war with every, when you're a substitute teacher, that's <laughs> like going to war 
with no weapons, no artillery, no nothing, man. It's like yeah, yeah, and, and, and the kids, skewing the kids. Yeah, yeah, know? for a hundred percent, dude. Right. So how how do you make that? Like, what what made you even get into that instead of you know going the more common route of of you know uh, uh, fast food or or something like other things other people do when they get out of they get well out of because um the job that I had. I, I worked in sports TV and so mm-hmm. the events were at night. So I worked at night. Mm-hmm. So I had time mm-hmm. during the day, gotcha. but we would also travel because we'd have to go and travel to Boston to see Larry Bird, DC to see Red Arback. You know, we'd have to go to New York to Julius Irvin's home, Alabama, Barclays, you know, so I, I couldn't have a job where I had to say, can I take off? So yeah. I needed a job <laughs> where I just show up. I just, glo- I just glow up when I show up. Yeah. So um, substitute teaching was the ideal thing, but, it was just something for me to pay bills. I didn't want to become a teacher. I wanted so that to wasn't even wanted, in the back of your mind. No, I wanted to be on ESPN. That was my goal. Okay. And then when I, my high school teacher invited me to come to a career day program to speak to some kids, and she changed she changed my life when she during the time when she was my teacher. Gotcha. But she really she really impacted my life when she invited me to come and speak to those kids because she knew you know most teachers. They'll have an ulterior mode. Whenever we do something with a kid, it's always more into the package. They just don't see it. And yeah. I know that when she invited me, she knew that those kids would somehow touch me in a way that would make me see that that was that was my calling, man. And that that was that was really um that was a gift that she gave to me, the invitation to come and be there in front of those children. And I'm just glad that God spoke to me through them, through the mouths of babes, mm-hmm. to say, hey, listen. We need you. That was 34 years ago, bro. That, that, hey, get this. You know how old I am, man? 50, 49. <laughs> Don't you 30, know how to tell me 30. 34, son. No. 34. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 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 Yeah. I, when I read when I read that on your bio, I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to bring that up. You know what I'm saying? So were you were you born in 87 or 86? 87? I was I was born September 8th, 1987. 1987 you were born the, 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 the strong nary bilisano my mother so yeah yeah man single moms yeah where were you born where'd you grow up i grew up in uh rosenberg texas and uh in you know in this area i've kind of that's where i grew up through went to college uh university of houston uh moved back and started teaching in the place uh in the the district in which i graduated from Right. So, you know, yeah. it, it's a lot of same kids, a lot of people. I mean, in my apartment exactly. complex where I live at, I mean, there's certain kids, you know, that I, I see on the daily. So it's mm-hmm. extra incentive to, to make good relationships, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And that's how it was when I started teaching. When I yeah. started teaching, I didn't have a car. So I was catching <laughs> the bus with some of these kids. Right. But I, but like many of them lived in the community. I knew yeah. their families and I lived. So I knew most of their older brothers, some of their parents and whatnot. So it was a way for me to sort of have that built-in connection with some of them mm. because we were you know, we were from the same community. I had those same experiences, as you know. So, okay. you know, you you have that empathy for them and, and make those connections. So it's, it's definitely, um, definitely can be an asset. All right. So you talked about, you know, uh, your, your beginning uh, early childhood, how you got into subbing, how uh, somebody inspired you and through a chance encounter with God, you know, just of being able to speak to these kids, got you an education. Um, how long were you a teacher before you transitioned into uh, into administration? So I started teaching in 87 
and I um, I became a principal in 1999. But okay. I was a I was an assistant principal for about a year and a half before that. So um, so I What'd taught teach? about I was a math teacher and special education, oh, um, nice. and then I ran an alternative learning um, program right within our school. So the students <laughs> nice. who were in trouble didn't have to leave the school. They just came. I had a program called the yeah. Second Chance Program. So when you messed up in school, you had to come spend a couple of weeks with me. Sometimes it'd be a month for some kids because they some of them took them <laughs> two hours to watch 60 minutes. So they didn't, they didn't know they had to behave themselves so they'd get back in class. But what I did was I turned that into an advanced mathematics class. So I had kids who were in trouble learning algebra in the early grades. It's the so definition of a captive audience. Right. So I had parents who would come to me and say, I don't never want my kid out of that. Bro. I hey. want to get They're like, no, mom, no. You know, but uh, and look, yeah. some of the guys who were in my program, some have their master's degrees now. These were kids that were in these were kids that were in alternative alternative school, you know, just doing yeah. one one's a teach one's a teacher now. Okay, you know, so let, let you know, you brought up something that made me think. And when I was when I was researching and doing my research uh, for this interview. I can't, you know, I, I I couldn't think of a better name for a book than the immortality of influence. And can you and and I feel like I kind of know where you're coming from, but can you expound a little on that? Because I kind of feel like what you were just talking about, like you know, you had this connection with the with these kids, this captive audience, and now they have master's degrees and they have you know. So talk to me about that that title. And that's exactly what. So so my first book was I choose to stay. So yes. That was my life, right? That was my life story. Arnold Schwarzenegger wrote the forward. Disney bought the movie rights. Um, yeah, I heard about that. Nice. Yeah. Now, they didn't make the movie. We were trying to get Will Smith to play me in the movie, but there were some contractual issues with the producers. But Will, now, so Will wrote the forward in my immortality book, which wow. is the follow-up to I Choose to Stay. So when I okay. Choose to Stay, the students are in elementary, middle school, high school, they're chess players. But in the immortality of influence, these kids are in college and law school, you know, um, and it's really it's, it's the, the book is about the power of influence and mentoring, how we pour into young people um, and not just the, the, the impact of educators. But there's a chapter on the influence of fathers, you know, on their children, on, on, on and the influence of husbands on their family, the influence of men in the community, can't be you denied. know. Un- unrecognized influence, how there are people who influence us. We don't even realize it until maybe 10 years later. You know, there's so many different ways that we can influence, you know, the influence of community on, on, on what we do. But it's the power of um, how we are connected through our acts and not just our words. Not You know, people can hear your testimony, but they want to see your testimony as well. And 100%. I think that's what influence, you know, really is. And that's what the immortality is, because those students, still students that you have right now in your classroom, yeah. they may not ever thank you. They may not ever say they love you or anything. <laughs> 10, no. 20 years now, somebody's going to say, yo, who made a difference in your life? I'm going to say, Mr. Nieto. He, he really, you know, he, you know, he's a, he stayed, he was a pain. He stayed on my case. But you know what? He made sure that I graduated. I did what I needed to do. And I, and I want to thank him. And you may not ever hear that, but somebody else is going to hear that and say, yeah, you know what? I need to be a teacher. I need to be a coach. I need to be a mentor. And that's what that influence, that immortality, it keeps, it lives on long beyond us, your influence. Yeah, man. It's like, um, you know, that, that, uh, the, the good, the good book says, uh, some plant, some, you know, water and, and others harvest. 
And right. uh, yeah, a lot of times that, that's the thing about teaching. It's like, it's a lot of planting seeds and sometimes you're not the one to harvest and, and you don't get to see all that fruit. But I mean, in the grand scheme of things, you know, you just, you, you store up, <laughs> you store up treasures in heaven, man. And, Bro, uh, and are, that's, that are, pays off. We are planting seeds for trees whose shade we know we won't get to enjoy. See that we're plant we're planting trees. We know <laughs> we won't ever, but you know what? We know somebody will. Yeah. See, that's the power of being. That's the honor of teaching. That we're planning. That we're planning so that others can harvest, so others can eat, others can benefit. That that's the power of. Of, of what we do, and that's why you gotta be a hype team. You got you have to be. <laughs> you, know, you can't. You know we can't be a, a tiny spark for kids. Uh, you gotta you really light can't. it up. You got. You, you know? have to. I mean, like, uh, I, I almost feel as if like um, bringing anything less than than your A game, it's it's a disservice not only to to the kids but to yourself. I mean, like, I feel like God plants us in places that we need to be, not just to water, but to be watered. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I have, I have friends in, um, you know, COVID's coming up. Yeah. I mean, we're in COVID COVID's, COVID's here, but my it's weddings, <laughs> my, my wedding's coming up. That's what I, I was talking to you about the other day. And, yeah. um, and you know, like I told you, it was going to be a list of 20 people at first. And, uh, yeah, I, and yeah, I would, I would, I would love to see your wedding list of 20 people. I'd love to see that. <laughs> okay. Look, let me tell you, I'm, I'm telling you, uh, we, you know, 13 aunts and uncles and all, and we're Mexican, uh, principal L. So we begin right. down. We have, I have a ton of cousins. So yeah, that's why I don't, it, I don't, I can't see 20. Hey, trust me. I, it was, it was a rough, it, I mean, my, you know, my mom was upset for a little bit, you know, right. my dad's feeling this and that, but it's like, you know, that's what, that's kind of what we're looking at right now. Right. Um, thank right. God we increased it to 50, but I can say this, you know, it's funny how, like when, when, when you're forced to really whittle down who you want to spend, you know, one of the, the most important days of your life with, you know, the, the right. people around you. And uh, circling back to what I was saying, uh, many of those names on that list, you know, were people that I became friends with through the teaching job. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Because you get in there and, and you know, you talked to, you, you compared it to, uh, to war earlier and, you know, I've never been in war before, but I do know what it's like to be under stress, <laughs> you know, from like, from, from first bell to second, for, to last bell and the bonds that you can form in that, mm-hmm. you know, especially with like-minded individuals. Like I remember when I first got in there, I was, I, I never went to the teacher's lounge because like, and that stuff was toxic. You know, I hated the way they yeah. talked about kids oh, yeah. and the way they talked about parents yeah. and boy, that, you know, and so you, you, you start to like search out people who, who view the world the way you view the world, you know, and are, are going to continue to feed that, that, you know, you talk about the fire, you know, feed, feed that in you. And uh, and I did and and shout out to um, Veronica Soto and and Dino Almeida and uh, Kathleen Clayton and Rosie Compion and the one and only Miss Gallo. Uh, they loved me first and they loved me best, man. And we're still close. So wait, those yeah. are some of your uh, coworkers. Oh yeah, man. Give them a shout out always. Yeah, definitely, man. They deserve that. That's that's the immortality of influence. That's what hey, we're talking about. you know what I mean? <laughs> that's why I loved you know just just coming, you know, being on for a few minutes with the kids at the school and in the staff because we were able to connect, you know, through that. You never know when you have the opportunity to connect with someone. You may create a bond that might last 30, you know, 40 years. So 
you know, we got to pay respect to that because some people, unfortunately, don't have the benefit of those friendships and relationships. They're yeah, valuable. Man. I mean, you talk about loyalty, people who are loyal to you, <clears throat> committed, devoted, support you. Uh, we, we can't take that lightly. You know? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, you were there for a little bit and here we are having a conversation. I mean, who knows? You might have to get Antonio Banderas, man, cast him in that movie. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I'll make an appearance. So you never know where, where this job yes, takes sir. you. So anyway, we yes, talked sir. about uh, about who you were when you were a kid. We talked about becoming a teacher, uh, becoming an administrator. Um, now, when, when do you get your first big, you know, uh, when do you become uh the cultural icon the education icon i forgot what i what i was reading on, on uh on one of the websites i was talking about you uh you know number one you know you know bestseller you know author best-selling author you know the uh, when does how does that become how do those two worlds connect i um so so when i started teaching i was teaching mathematics and i um, had a group of special ed kids that i was teaching in one of the classes and I started and I would learn to play chess early. And my, my brother taught me to play chess, my older brother, but he taught me just enough moves so he could continue to beat me. <laughs> so um, I started studying chess in college and after I graduated and realized how mathematical it was. And so I wanted to start using it, you know, in, in my teaching. So I started teaching these students, these special ed students, mathematics on the chessboard. Knights move on right angles, bishops move on diagonals, the chessboard is a large square. That contains 64 smaller squares. Yeah. So I thought I was just giving these students mathematics, but I was really giving them intellectual capital. They were now walking around the school carrying chessboards. And if you don't think anything else about a kid who carries a chessboard, you assume that they are intelligent. Yeah. So, you know, these, have, you know, these kids are walking, these kids, you play chess? Aren't you in the learning disabled program? They say, yeah, let's play a match to see if you should be my roommate, right? Hey. So it, it, it humbles you. So these yeah. students started beating me right away. Then all the students started playing. They were beating all the teachers. So I started taking these, the teachers had taken the tournaments. They took, we took them to other schools. They were beating other schools, middle schools, high schools. Then they beat Bucknell University's chess team. And these were middle school kids. And so um, on wow. the fourth, they, so my kids won the national chess title in, in April, 1997 in Knoxville, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. So we came back on a Schwarzenegger was, on his run for governor, president, and he stopped okay. at our school in Philly, and he started talking about, you know, playing golf and technology and politics, and then he started talking about chess. You know, I said, Arnold, you don't want to talk about chess at our school. You know, our kids are real good. <laughs> you might want to talk about terminating people, maybe yeah. being expendable, you know. He said, no, no, I make everybody play on the movie set. You know, everybody plays chess, keeps them alert. I had to learn when I was young. Then he challenged one of my girls. He said, I want to play. So you don't want to play this girl, Luke. Denise Pickett, pink glasses, honor roll student, one of the top 50 female chess players in the nation in the Asian business. Honor, you don't want to play Denise. He said, don't I want to play her, right? So Denise, I was scared. Mr. L, he's rich, he's famous. He's married to a woman who has more money than he does, so I know he's upset. American royalty, man. They teach you up, right. So she said, I checkmated him, just like he was another guy. Check. Honor wrote it. Honor said, you terminated the Terminator. And um, and then Arnold, wow. you know, and Arnold said, Listen, you write a book about these kids yet? And I said, Listen, I'm working on one. When I write it, would you write the forward? And he said, Yeah, I'll write you, write it, send it to me. So you love it, dude. I paid Arnold, Arnold, I'll never hear from Arnold again. Send it to his people. Arnold mm -hmm. contacted me. He remembered Denise 
and wrote about her in the forward of the book. I'm gonna send you wow. a copy. Of it. I'm gonna autograph a copy. Of it. Oh, okay. And then right after that, a couple years, you know, so a couple years later, I'm like, you know, listen, I need to have my, I want all the, the whole school to play chess. Yeah. So that's when I took over. I took over an elementary school, one block from the middle school. So I had elementary and middle school kids, you know, playing chess. And that's sort of how I became like Principal L, like it's like, you know, Principal L. And then once um, I wrote the second book, then I'm at Will Smith's house for the weekend. The word got back to Philly. I'm out in California <laughs> with Will Smith. You know, then everything just, it just blew up from there. I started speaking all over the country. Yeah. Then I got offered, see, I, I got offered all these big jobs to leave the inner city. And I turned them down, six figure jobs to go to other suburban school districts. You know, even when I signed the deal with Disney, they wanted me to leave and um, and be a producer. And I said, no, I'm not I'm not leaving my job. I can't write a book and tell kids I choose to stay. When the, And the kids said to me, you know, we choose to stay too. You know, we could be anywhere, many of us, but we choose to be here, you know, with you, Mr. L. And mm-hmm. so, uh, and so that became sort of my story. And that was, you know, that was like, that, that was my life. I'm, I'm working with, I'm working with the kids that most of society has forgotten about. Most of society has given up on these kids, but I'm going to edit their story. And I'm going to help them become successful. Amen. So that was, I was a kid. All right. So, I mean, to be respectful of your time, man, I, I know we said 20 minutes and we're a little over that, but um, uh, you, t- you talked about a book called uh, Retention for a Change. Uh, I, I, it's about, I, I guess, stopping the, the, the turnover rate that, that happens in the education uh, business, which I mean, truth be told, I mean, I see it every day. So what, what, what inspired huge. you to, to make that book? And that's going to be huge after this pandemic. There's talk that there's going to be a huge exodus of teachers once this pandemic is over. Some because of the way teachers have been treated, but also just the stress of teaching during this pandemic. So yeah. um, so my... my, my You're I all virtual, state, right? All virtual, yeah. yeah. But um, this is this is nationwide. They're saying it's going to be a huge, huge teacher shortage nationwide after gotcha. the pandemic. But I choose to stay a more tidy influence. My third book is called Passionate Leadership. And that was really about how, as leaders, we set the tone for the culture in our schools. And as teachers, we set the tone for the culture in our classrooms. So then my fourth book was Building a Winning Team. How to re- recruit and get great people, great teachers. What We get positive people in school, people who don't go in the staff lounge to say negative things about kids, say negative things Word. about other teachers, about the Word. community. Who's going to come in and, and, and bring some positivity, some hope, some love, some empathy, uh, some patience? You know what I mean? That Those kinds of things. How do we get those people on our team? Because that's how you build a winning team. When you bring people, t- when you bring people to the team who love kids before they ever meet them, that's mm-hmm. how you build a winning team. So the follow up to that book is retention for change because it's one thing to recruit a great teacher. Yeah. But how do you how do you keep that teacher? Because there are other schools they're trying to get that teacher from you, right? I feel you. And 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 the same strategies that you use to recruit those teachers, you have to use to retain them. And those strategies you use to retain them build a strong culture. And when you build a strong culture, it helps you retain teachers. So the best form of retention is recruitment. And the best form of recruitment is retention. Because people you keep, they will go out and recruit other people to come to your school. They'll talk about you. They'll be in the rest. I've had teachers say, I said, how do you, why, how do they come for an interview? How do you find out about the school? Did you see an ad? 
no, I'm, I'm a waitress in a restaurant. I heard these two teachers talking about how much fun they have at work. I said, what school you work at? They said, yeah, to school, Thomas Edison. They said, you would love our principal. He's crazy. So I decided to come in for an interview. I said, yup, we're going to meet a real crazy man right there. <laughs> but but I'm crazy about my teachers. I'm crazy about my kids. And so anything my teachers want and need, if it's going to help our kids become successful, I do everything um, to make sure that I, I provide it for them. That's that's what leadership is about. Leadership is about service. If yeah. you don't serve, you can't lead. All right. So let me ask you this, man. Well, three quick questions and, and then we'll wrap up. Uh, okay. The first being... Um, there's one piece of advice in all your 34 years of, of, of being in the education field, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give um, any admin uh, watching this at any level, be it assistant principal, be it principal, be it, um, uh, you know, Dr. Thomas Randall, who's the uh, superintendent, you know, uh, what would be a piece of advice you'd um, you shoot their way? My, my advice would be always stay connected to people who are on the ground, right? The Pope came to Philly. I'm from Philly. I got on the Phillies. Jersey. I don't know if you can see that or not, but <laughs> I'm a huge, I got the Eagles Super Bowl ticket behind me. Okay. You know, I'm a huge Philly fan. The Pope came to Philly a few years ago. And one of the most profound things he said was, is that a good shepherd knows how the sheep smell, how the sheep feels, mm. right? A, a good shepherd maintains close proximity to, to the sheep. So when, when you become a leader, you can't be so distanced from everybody else that you don't know how they feel and you don't know how, you don't know what troubles them. So stay connected, build those relationships and hold on to them. That's the janitor. That's the cook. That's the bus driver. I ride those school buses. I'm in the kitchen helping and cleaning and wiping off tables. And the, and the, and the cleanest and the cooking staff is looking like, you're the principal and you're wiping off. I said, yes, I'm supposed to be willing to wash your feet if you need that. That's what I have to do. If I'm here to serve you, that's what I do. And when the kids see me doing that, then they don't want to leave any trash because I'm not cleaning up behind you or they're going to come and help, you know, help me clean, helping to train them. So stay connected mm -hmm. and remember that this work is about is about helping to uplift others. You know, it's, okay. it's not about being a boss. It's about making sure that we, you know, we uplift others. And and, and I'm sorry for going over time, but you always hey, man, I, I trust me. I'm. If there's anybody who should be apologizing, I feel like it's me, you know, no, but no, I, no, I'm, no, I'm just soaking it in. You have you just have to be careful when you invite like a part time wannabe reverend, you know, on your show. <laughs> Sometimes hype to preach. Start in the sermon. You know, the, you say, I thought I was going to have a teach. I thought I was going to have a hype teacher. I got a hype preacher, you know. <laughs> but I got to do anything to reach you. So that's hey, you can't you can't turn it off. Yeah, you know, I, I can't. I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming from the field all the way to the bleachers because I I got I got to do everything I can to. To get to get that word, because it might be one person in your audience right now that needs to hear this. That needs to hear what we're talking about. Yeah. Might be ready to give up right now, and then make that decision. Say, you know what? I found my why. It isn't about it's about me. It's about what my impact that I'm having on some on someone else. So uh, I'm always aware of that. Want to make sure that we that the word is is out. So I appreciate okay. you giving me a speaker <laughs> to be able to uh, to get that word out there. Okay. So, um, let me, okay. Thanks, man. No, I, I thank you. I think, um, you know, we talk about the immortality, immortality of influence and, and words have power, man, Amen. you know, you, you, and sometimes it's, it's that one word that sticks with you and at the right time, at the right moment that comes back maybe a year later, but it's just, it just, it's like an earworm. It got in there and it comes back. So two more questions and I'll let you go. Uh, second one. Okay. And we talked about, 
a piece of advice you'd give to, you know, current administrators and um, superintendents, even, I mean, the power of leadership, what would you say to someone who is, uh, they're starting to get that itch to maybe make the transition from teacher to something more, maybe administrator, maybe a, you know, testing coordinator, but have, they have goals that are now growing beyond the classroom. What, What kind of advice would you give that person? So my advice for the aspiring administrator or aspiring leader, the person who's thinking about moving out of that classroom, is that one of the things that I always uh, held close to me is that no matter what I do, I'm always teaching. So gotcha. so 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 I still substitute teach in my school. When I got a teacher absent, you might walk in the class and see principal L covering the, covering the <laughs> class because that's in our blood. It's in our DNA. I but it also lets the teachers know I'm willing to do exactly what, what I'm asking you to do. I'm willing to do that. But First also, one in, last one out, move, man. right. And when you become an administrator, when you become a leader, you're teaching adults. That can be even more. I remember telling my mother <laughs> when I wanted to, when I wanted to become a teacher, she said, listen, best thing you could ever do. Just remember that every teacher is not a parent, but every parent is a teacher. Mm. When I wanted to become a principal, I said, mom, you want to become principal? She said, you don't lost your mind, boy. I said, why you say that? He said, who wants to supervise a dog? I said, I'm tired of breaking up fights in the cafeteria. She said, don't you know as a principal, you will break up more fights between your teachers than you ever had. <laughs> she said, but don't be arrogant. Arrogance is the Achilles heel of the school leader. So my message wow. to aspiring administrators and current administrators, do not be arrogant. We can learn from the people that we serve, learn from the people that we work with. Uh, uh, be humble and um, and choose impact over compliance. Dino Almeida, you better be listening to this. Dino Almeida is uh, is is one of the guys, man. He's the guru of the growth mindset. One of my dear friends. So yeah, Does he work about, at the school. Is he at the school? Yeah, yeah. He's he's got Does his he? masters and he he's got some uh, aspirations. And and if, uh, right, bro, if there's anybody look, who loves for, leadership, it's that guy. We're looking for him to join the ranks, man. Come All on, right. we need. You. Okay, so um, you know, final question. Uh, you know, every time we do one of these 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 podcasts, you know, I get educators on, principals, admins, you know, people who give uh teachings and and uh and trainings. I always like to end with this. Um, I mean, education is not the easiest field. It is not uh, the highest paid field all the time, you know. So why do why does Principal L? Why does Mister Salome Thomas? Why why what makes him be an educator? Woo. What makes me be an educator? Why, why do you choose this? I, well, I guess this? um, why I choose to stay? I basically, why do you choose to stay? I ain't plugging um, books left and right, and man. I, and, I, and I got this. I got to get you. I choose to stay shirt too, man. If um, <laughs> the principal had, had one on the assistant superintendent, that's how he ended up coming into the session because he saw her with the shirt on one day. So I got to make sure. I got to make sure. I, I got some. I choose. So everybody's sort of wearing these different quotes, different some of my quotes on the back. But just making that expression, you know, that I choose to stay for the kids. You know, that's what it's about. So mm-hmm. I, and I choose to stay because people chose to stay for me. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be here today without those teachers in third grade and fourth grade and high school who told me I couldn't jump over a credit card, you know, but, <laughs> but they supported me. Um, those people made sacrifices for us, those, those folks who helped us, even our own parents, you know, made, you know, did without so much. Yeah. So that we, you know, so that we can become, you know, successful. So I choose to stay for those people who chose to stay for me, but also to be an example for these young people to grow up and become teachers and administrators and nurses and counselors, you know, and who, who choose to stay and, and, and serve others. And that that's 
that's mm. really why I do, you know, what I do, because I know um, there's some young people out there who, you know, if not for school, may not have an adult who tells them that they're beautiful, may not have an adult who tells them that they're smart, may not have an adult who tells them they can be successful. Yeah. But people like you and your colleagues, um, mm. the great people of Texas who just went through, you know, such a tough time, you know, with these yeah. storms. It's help, apocalypse, Yes, supported each other, uh, 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 helping our families. I saw what people were doing. Um, that That's a great example for young people. And that's how we build resilient young people. Building resilient young people is not about teaching them how to be successful. It's about teaching them how to respond when they're not successful. That's how we build resilient kids. That's what we end with. We want every kid in Penn State instead of the state pen. And we <laughs> teach these kids how to become resilient. And let's stop praying for a lighter load and start praying for a stronger back. And with that, let's go ahead and wrap this podcast. Guys, this has been another episode of the Hype to Teach podcast, the podcast that goes beyond the classroom, beyond the lesson plans, that focuses on the educators and the administrators and anybody who makes a difference in the school system as a person. I've been your host, Joel Nieto. This has been, doc, uh, is it Dr. Salome or is it Mr. Salome? Dr. L, brother, Dr. Doctor. Oh, well, now doc- my second graders called me Dr. Principal L. I said, why? They said, well, we don't want to call you by your first name. They think principal is <laughs> my first name. <laughs> so, Mr. Salone, before we wrap up, anything you want to uh, you want to plug? or um, Where can people follow you if, if they want to hear more of, of this? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm on Instagram at principal underscore EL. I'm sorry. I'm on Twitter at, at, at principal underscore EL, at Dr. Principal L on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Uh, my website is principal um, but I don't I don't want to plug anything other than the most noble profession out there. And that's teaching. Now, short of people in the military out there fighting for our nation, that those are some brave soldiers. But short of them. Right. There's nothing more noble, more courageous that you can do than be a teacher and go out on those front lines and fight for those children. So tonight, bro, today, my hat is off to all of those folks out there. Who are, who are sacrificing, Preach. who are planting trees, <laughs> who shade may, they, they may not ever enjoy. Bring a full circle, planting trees, who shade they may not ever enjoy. And you know, I, I think I jumped the gun earlier, but let me wrap it up one more time. This has been the Hype to Teach podcast. I've been your host, Joel Nieto. This has been Dr. Salome Thomas L. Um, thank you for watching. We love you and keep on learning. Bye, and we're out. Okay. I loved it, man. Yeah. Yeah, That's going to be a hot show.